Good to be able to share the Word of God with you this morning. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, encouraging us to uh, not ever get discouraged in praying and never giving up on praying. So today's title is uh, very simply, Never Stop Praying. We have many exhortations in the Word of God, teaching us to pray, telling us to pray, encouraging us to pray, commanding us to pray, and um, we know we ought to pray, but they never seem to suffice. It never seems to get the fire going, you know, well, well, okay, I make a commitment, I'm going to do it, but then before we know it, we kind of back off on it, and we kind of do it uh, out of tradition or habit, uh, but not really even thinking about what we're doing, but I want to encourage us today to continue to pray with a passion, with a faith in God, believing that God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. And so for the foundation and the goal for this series today and next Sunday, and I'm going to keep going unless you don't get it, but you're going to have to memorize 1 Thessalonians 5.17. So if you can pull it up on the screen, when you get this memorized, we'll move on. Until then, we're going to stay right here. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You can do this one, right? <laughs> you got it? Everybody have it memorized? All right, you're dismissed. <laughs> Praise God. So never, ever stop praying and just uh, pray continually. Be praying continually. Luke 18, 1 says should, men should always be praying and never giving up. Ephesians 6 and verse 18 tells us that we are to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That means in the Ukraine, in Russia, in the United States of America, in South America, just in every continent all over the world. And one of the things I've been uh, noticing, and, and I'm not faulting this, is not a criticism, it's just I'm, because I'm a, you know, conscious, consciously aware of Rick Renner and the family and the ministry being uh, in Moscow for all these years and being rooted and grounded there. And he making this statement that they're, they're there, they're going to keep their posts. By the way, this information, this is already... Uh, 12 to 13 days old. And so uh, he said he was going to give us continual updates, but haven't, we haven't really gotten any fresh information. So we're not even sure if that's due to technical issues or what the deal may be. But this is almost two weeks old, this information, as far as the numbers of refugees and so forth. So if you've heard higher numbers, that's probably accurate. This is almost two weeks old. But one of the things I've been hear, uh, hearing and seeing, it's not uncommon to see a banner that says, you know, uh, uh, stand with, we stand united with Ukraine or pray for Ukraine. People are in conversation and then the final tagline is, remember to pray for Ukraine. I'm thinking, yes. But I also know there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Christians in Russia that are not in favor of what their government is doing in attacking the Ukrainians, their family members and so forth. It'd be like Pennsylvania going against Ohio or New Jersey or you know, something similar to that. And you know how much conflict that would be when we have uh, relatives and relations and friendships and so forth. So it's a very uh, uh, situation there that, that we need to be praying for all people. And, and here in Ephesians where it says, pray for all believers everywhere. So be praying yes for Ukraine and be praying for the body of Christ, the believers in Russia as well. And so uh, and, and, all, and as God leads you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big advocate of one of those uh, blanket prayers. Oh, just pray for people all over the globe. <laughs> you know? I mean, if God called you to do that thing, you go for it. 
but I think it should be based on spheres of influence and relationships. And here, uh, we have a relationship with Rick and Denise Renner and their family and the ministry. And as a church, we're connected to them. So I think that, that obliges us to, uh, uh, you know, the burdens on us to be praying for them as well. And so let's, let's be doing that. Of course, in Timothy, we're told to pray for all people and pray for kings and all who are in authority that we might live a quiet and a peaceable life. So we're called to do that. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and 45, it says that, uh, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Verse 45, in the way... In that way, you will be acting as true Christians, as, as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. I'll be honest with you, I find it uh, personally challenging to, uh, to continue to pray faithfully, consistently, and heartfelt, fervent prayer for people that... Uh, don't think like I think, don't believe like I believe, direct opposition to things that I stand for, uh, for those that hold attitudes and beliefs that are contrary to mine, in direct opposition, and not just hold those, but make, make it a point to, uh, you know, to come against what I'm believing and standing on. So it, it can be a challenge, but we are admonished in Scripture that we are to pray for those who persecute us. And again, we don't have the persecution here like, like persecutions in some places of the world, but nonetheless, we can, it, it, can, it feels like persecution when, when people come against us and they spread rumors about you or spread lies about you or you know whatever it may be. You, you certainly have, have plenty of those experiences as well. As well but... My point being is that we always want to continue to be in prayer. So in the few minutes that I have with you this morning, I want to share with you a story. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 8, uh, verses, uh, the, the, well, it's actually the, the, the book of Samuel, but we're going to be picking out some highlights from chapter 8, and it's uh, and from, from verse 1 through 9, it gives us the story of, of Samuel, the judge and the prophet of Israel. Uh, and uh, he was very faithful in his uh, anointing and in his calling as a judge and a prophet. And, and, and uh, he faithfully served and lived before God with integrity and before the people with integrity. And his story is an encouragement to my heart. And I, I believe it will be an encouragement to your heart as well for us to continue to pray for people we would rather not be praying for. And so... Uh, and let's just go ahead and look at some of these verses here. Let's, let, let me read in chapter 8, verse 5 through 9. It says, look, this is what the background here is the, Samuel being the judge and the prophet. He was leading the people of Israel, and that was God's plan for leading people. As Christians, we are to be led through the, in the Old Testament through the prophets and through the judges and, and the priesthood. Uh, in the New Covenant, we now have the Holy Spirit abiding within us, and so God's ultimate goal is for us to be led by the Spirit of God. In kingdom government, 
We have a dual citizenship as well. I mentioned the Renner family having dual citizenship, Russia and the United States of America. We have dual citizenship as well. We have a citizenship here as, a, as American citizens, but we also, have a, we also are citizens of heaven. So in our citizenship, governing, governing our lives from the kingdom of God, from a heavenly perspective, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. While we are being led by the Spirit of God, we are to be in submission to earthly governments in our situation here, being Americans, we are to be in submission to the American government and to our state and local government. We are to be praying for those in positions of authority over us. So Samuel was leading. He was judge and prophet. The people uh, got discontented with that. And then they cried out to Samuel and said, we want a king like all the other nations of the world. I like the way they put that. We want to be like everybody else. Isn't that the story of all of us? If we let ourselves be ruled by the flesh, we want to be like everybody else. I'm content with what I have until someone has something more than I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And so they're wanting a king like all the other nations of the world. So verse 5 says, look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with this request and went to the Lord for guidance. And here's the Lord's reply. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for it is me they are rejecting, not you. It's me they're rejecting, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And, and now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. And I encourage you for additional reading to read the rest of the chapter to find out what God told Samuel. Give them the king that they're asking for, but tell them what this king will do. You'll be amazed at the number of taxes that are being, and, and the things that are being extracted from them because they wanted a natural government rather than a spiritual government. I'm just throwing that in for free. I don't have much time to camp there, but anyway. So they asked for a king. If this pleased Samuel, it felt like rejection to Samuel. And but Samuel's reminding uh, God is reminding Samuel, it's not it's uh, it, it's not you that they're displeased with. It's not you that got canceled. It's me that got canceled. You know, we live in a cancel culture today. People don't like us; they cancel us. Well, you know, all of a sudden Samuel here, he was, he was, you know, he got canceled. They don't want him to be the leader anymore. God's reminding him, it's me, it's not you. Now let's turn uh, to chapter 12 and let's pick up the story. God told Samuel to go ahead and give them what they're asking for. So that process is taking place. Saul is chosen to be their king. And uh, here it is. Uh, here is uh, Samuel's farewell address in chapter 12, verse 1 through 15. It's uh, basically a farewell address or the and also the coronation of the new king. But I want to begin reading here in verse, uh, chapter 12 and verse 16. 
This is Samuel on his, uh, the day of his farewell address and also the coronation of, of King Saul. Verse 16 says, Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord's about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you will realize how wicked you have been in asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Pray to the, and here's the people's response. Pray to the Lord your God for us. They're, they're crying out to Samuel. It says, pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die. They all said to Samuel, for now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. It's not like that we've been rebellious to you all these years, but now we're asking for a king, and, and, and now we're really in trouble. And so uh, I, I just love the way God responds and the way Samuel responds to this people that have been turning their back on the priesthood, on the prophet, on the judge, and on God himself. But I want you, what I want you to see here is I want you to see the tenderheartedness of God and also manifest it through Samuel and needs to be likewise manifested through our lives when it comes to always praying and never giving up on people. Always praying for those in positions of authority over us, not only those that you voted for, but even those you didn't vote for. That's really, really good, Pastor Ray. <laughs> Even those you didn't vote for. You're not supposed to pray for your president every four years. <laughs> you just keep praying. You keep praying for those in positions of authority over you. You don't pray for your congressmen and women and, and your governors, depending on whether you like them or not. You, you continue to pray at all times. And so he's, verse 20, Samuel's response to this people that they're afraid now that they're in big trouble with God, Samuel's response is, don't be afraid. Samuel reassured them, you have certainly done wrong, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart and don't turn your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help or rescue you. They are totally useless. The Lord will not, everyone say, the Lord will not. Abandon his people. Samuel's saying the Lord will not abandon his people. The Lord will never cancel you. And so therefore we have no business canceling other people that oppose us or disagree with us or we, uh, we have uh, dislikes about them or they persecute us. The Lord will never abandon his people. Neither are we supposed to be abandoning people or abandoning the posts that God has put us in and nor abandoning the commission of scripture to pray for those uh, that, that are persecuting us and praying for those that are in positions of authority over us and praying for believers everywhere. Pray, pray, and pray. Never stop praying. The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name for it pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. Now, it says the Lord will not abandon his people not abandoned does not mean that he, that he endorses what is going on or what people are doing. Not abandoning is not an endorsement of what people are doing. 
But while it's not an endorsement, his love demonstrates an engagement, and it's our engagement with those that we would rather not pray for that helps us to have God's heart toward them. Verse 23, as for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. Samuel, prophet and judge over the nation for many years. They said, you're old, we don't want you anymore. For some reason I can identify with that, I don't know why. (laughs) You're old, we don't want you anymore. Give us a king like all the other nations. They abandoned him, they rejected him. They persecuted him. But he said, even though you've done what, you're, what you've done, don't be afraid. The Lord will not reject you. The Lord will not abandon you for his great name's sake. Neither will I sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. Can you only imagine what would happen globally? And can you only imagine what would happen locally? If we as Christians followed the commandment in Chronicles where it says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and pray. God said he would hear from heaven and heal the lame. Can you imagine what would happen if we would continue to pray with hearts of integrity and honesty and compassion toward people we would rather not be praying for anymore? We don't agree with them. We don't like them. And I have the courage to stand up here, yes, as Pastor Ray of Grace Church and saying there's some people I have trouble liking. There's even some Christians I don't much care for. (laughs) I'm just being honest because I want you to be honest with yourself and I want us all to repent of that and say, Lord, like them or not like them, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I will not stop praying for those in positions of authority over me. I will not stop praying for other Christians. I will not stop praying for all people, whether it be local government or national government. I'm going to continue to do my job. We're going to pray for one another. We're not going to stop praying for one another. Well, they deserve that. I'm so sorry that happened to them, but they deserved it. No, no, let's have hearts of compassion. Let's be praying for people. Amen? Would you please stand? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we say what Samuel said? Let's say this together. Say, as for me, I will certainly not stop praying for you, even though you rejected me, I'm going to take my post and I'm going to pray. So let's do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for the opportunity that we have to come before your throne. Your word is just filled with promises and and commands and encouragement to give us confidence that our prayers really do matter. 
I know sometimes I ask the question, we're supposed to pray for all these different things and issues and events and people, and, 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 uh, and then we hear people saying, well, God's got it all under control, and I say, well, then why should we pray? If he's going to do what he's going to do, what difference, difference does my prayer make? So, Father, as I wrestle through those statements and those ideas and those concepts, Help me and help all of us come to this place of recognizing that, yes, you are a sovereign Lord, but in your sovereignty, you've called upon your creation. You've called upon the body of Christ to be the salt and the light. And in that responsibility, we are to pray to keep the favor of God alive and flowing throughout the earth, to have the harvest be, uh, uh, coming into the kingdom of God, that souls are being saved and lives are transformed and restored in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And we do lift up those in positions of authority over us right here in the United States of America. Our president, our vice president, our congressmen and women, and our Supreme Court justices, and our state and local governor, government, Father God. We lift them up to you, Father. And we pray for the wisdom of heaven to be made known, to, to flow through these individuals, Lord God, that they consult uh, and, 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 and seek after godly influence and, and, and the wisdom from heaven, Lord God, that's able to bring resolutions to, to, to the dilemmas that they're facing. So we thank you, Lord God, that in Jesus' name, that rather than criticize, we're going to pray. We're going to speak life. And when we speak life, that it is manifested, peace is manifested. We can live a quiet and a peaceable lifestyle. And ultimately, which is really awesome, you said that you would draw people unto you, Father God. People are being born again because of this uh, tranquility that's taking place in the midst of adversity. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. May we all have the heart, your heart, Father God, where that you would not reject your people, you would not turn your back on them, and also Samuel's heart, that he would not sin against you and against them by ceasing to pray for them. Father, forgive us for not praying like we ought to pray for those that we ought to be praying for. And Lord God, from this day on, maybe, may we be much more sensitive and, and, and ready to pray at at all times and in all manner of prayer and never ever giving up on it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Grace us, anoint us with a heart of love. Your heart, Father, your compassion. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, praise God, that was quick, but that was powerful and yet gives you plenty to work on, gives me plenty to work on. Come on back next Sunday morning. We're going to have one more session on this, Why Pray? And then we have a great uh, series coming up for the month of April and a, a rock of hope. We're going to get you grounded on the rock of hope. So it's going to be a great month. We have a guest speaker the first Sunday. Matter of fact, it's my nephew, Vernon Martin. From He's, a, he's an associate minister at a Lifeway Church in Lebanon. So he's going to be here the first Sunday in um, April, and then I'm on the rest of the month. So God bless you. We love you. Have a terrific rest of the day. If you're a first-time guest, we want to encourage you to make a left as you're exiting, right before you exit the sanctuary, turn left. There's a, a, a station back here, connection center, environment there that we would love for you to stop by and introduce yourself, and we would like to introduce ourselves to you. And also, if you need any uh, further prayer, there's some people back there, but just love to pray with you. God bless you. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next Sunday morning.